1: Find love at first drive and start shopping now
2: at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the College Football Inquirer with Dan Wetzel. All right, now
1: I take back my compliment to the apology, to the column, to the rip job, to...
0: Iowa sucks. SI's Ross Dellinger. These other leagues don't understand the leverage and power in the room has changed. And you've got to understand it's changed and the Big Ten and SEC are gonna run the room. And
2: SI's Pat Forty. Dude goes 30 years without bathing, he's fine, he's 94. All of a sudden you make him take a bath and he's dead. I mean, it's very clear cut and dried here. Cause, effects. Here's Pat, Russ, and Dan.
1: All right, welcome to the pod race for the case. I feel like this is going to be a sneaky good weekend. I'm with you. Every real college football fan knows that those weekends
2: when it looks like nothing's going to happen, is like all hell breaks Yep, that's right. It's like when you ride into the town in the Western movie. It's quiet. It's too quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the ambush is coming. That Western was good. movie
0: throwback. All right.
1: That was pretty good. Yeah, that, that's the scary part of a Western, right? That's yeah, what these... That's right. You know, I'm going to do this right now, okay? So uh, uh, Greg from... Uh, he's got like a private Twitter account. So I won't give out his Twitter account because it's private mm. anyway. But he sent me a message. He has a... This is this is what fight song should be. Remember, we had the big Texas fight song. Texas has got this. Right. This is Texas, man. Right. Like Westerns and like tough guy. Like Right. Like you can be like 14 and carry like a machine gun around. Like, you know, this is, this is Texas. Right. You can you used to be able to drink. You may still be able to have an open container and a gun in your car at the same time. Like Texas. Damn it. This is this is who they are. And it's good. Right. This is that's their thing. Right. And then they have a fight song after who, you know, I've been working on the railroad and you feel like you're in nursing school. So Greg sends me this. Sorry if I'm not giving you uh, props, Greg, but this is a great idea. An alternative Texas fight song sung by no less than Chuck Norris. No, here we go. Sean, cue this. up. I'm playing this early in the show. We got a lot to get to today, but let's get this out of the way. Play this. The new Texas fight song, not... The Eyes of Texas. Go ahead.
0: In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting stranger had better know the truth of wrong from right.
2: Because ah. the eyes of the ranger are upon you.
0: Any <laughs> wrong you do, he's going to see. Look behind you, that's where the Ranger's gonna be. there
1: you go <laughs> that is theme song number three to walker texert's ranger <laughs> really number three i didn't know there was more than one chuck norris himself on vocals let's go <laughs> on vocals not necessarily singing just kind of i don't know what he was doing that-
2: Chuck Norris way. Yeah. At least
1: it's got that Old West swinging doors, let's shoot some people kind of yeah, thing. Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Okay. I'm I down it with it. I'm down with it. Better than the nursery Better rhyme. Than the,
1: uh, yeah, no nursery rhymes. <laughs> Sark would stay because he would think Chuck Norris might pop out and kick his ass if he didn't if Chuck, <laughs> Chuck Norris is singing. <laughs> Cluck Norris, Chuck Norris, we got them all. <laughs> All right, back onto the show. Ross, I heard there was a playoff meeting of some sort. They're still trying to sort this thing out. What happened this week on our quest to get this playoff actually going?
0: It's the saga that will not end. It's, we're on, what, month month 15 or 16 or so of this since the original proposal in June 2021 was released. And we still really don't have anything finalized. So last week in Dallas, commissioners met in person and it was their third meeting since the presidents took over all this and, and went ahead and adopted the 12 team format and left the details to a group of people, the commissioners, who spent a year bickering and who are divided and who are angry at each other for whatever reason. So, of course, we don't have any de- uh, a finalization of details from that group big surprise they did meet on a virtual call wednesday kind of a follow up of last week's in person meeting and we're getting closer i have heard i had i heard quite a bit of optimism from yesterday's call even though it was only an hour long i did hear that uh, there was there was progress made and there's three issues right now holding it up there's the calendar which is st- starting to kind of like settle itself out, work itself out. We reported last week about the dates that they had settled on, how they're going to have to compete with the NFL and all that stuff. So the dates are they're kind of – doesn't seem to be a very high hurdle. Uh, so those are working itself out. There's the bowl contracts that have to get worked out. Again, I think that's something that can happen. Number three is the elephant in the room. It's a big holdup, and it's a revenue distribution model. Big surprise, it's about money. <laughs> Shocking, I know. Yeah. Uh, so the Big Ten and SEC, which – By the time an expanded playoff gets here, we'll be probably at 16. You know, certainly by 2025, they'll both be at 16. So quantity and quality. They have an upper hand on all the other uh, conferences. And so they want more money out of the distribution model. They want it to change. And in order for it to change in 24 and 25, because the contract runs through 25, uh, it has to be unanimous. And of course, big surprise, the commissioners have a hard time finding unanimity. Should be equal by share. You win, you keep playing, you get another share. I think that's what's going to happen. Is it's going to be instead of just right now that does happen where you have you know a particip- each participant gets I think like four million dollars to its conference to distribute distribute. I think you're going to but but there is an overall pie that is distributed evenly among the leagues. I think you're going to have it where it's more by participation, kind of like the yeah. units in the NCAA tournament.
1: And that'll advantage SEC and Big Ten. But yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: That's.
1: I mean, you got a base, a base for everybody. Everyone gets right. Ten, whatever. Everyone gets a least. piece of pie. Then the re- when you go back for the second piece of pie. Yeah. Right. And I think all of us here on this pod are experts at about the second piece. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Well, other leagues, surprisingly, right, other leagues don't want that to happen, right? They want the revenue distribution to stay the same in 24 and 25. And as one of the commissioners in the room told me, these other leagues, and, you know, this person is talking about the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12, these other leagues don't understand the leverage and power in the room has changed. And (laughs) you've got to understand it's changed, and the Big Ten and SEC are are going to run the room, and it's kind of what they say goes, because as one SEC AD told me yesterday when I started telling him about all this, he said, why can't the Big Ten and SEC just say, okay, you're not going to change the revenue distribution model? Bye-bye. We're going to start our own playoff.
2: I get that when we get to 2026, and we really can activate this thing the way that it was fully envisioned, that... Yes, the team, the the conferences that get the most teams in should get the most money. Until then, could the Big Ten and SEC just let everybody up and let everybody breathe for two years? I mean, just I, I, I maybe I'm uh, being too simple about this, but for the sake of progress, can we just have a playoff and let everybody, you know, do the thing, the deal, the way it's been set up for now in terms of revenue distribution, and then get around to doing it. Right, the way they want to in 2026? Or does the Big Ten and SEC have to stomp the hell out of everyone at every turn in everything, including the commissioner <laughs> of the SEC, dem- wanting a bigger NCAA basketball tournament? But that's another issue.
1: Walker, Texas Ranger.
2: <laughs> they, they could,
1: but inducements, they could. man. Inducements. Yeah, yeah. Like, this, yeah. you know, the, the in-locker room barbershop doesn't pay for itself, Pat. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, yeah, they could. And they should, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's just like, let's go. It's two years. Two and years. And your pie is getting massive anyway. That's don't it. start with that stupid NCAA basketball tournament just because they're mad that St. Peter's, uh, their share. Oh, my God. St. Peter's got three <laughs> shares. We got to, if we get more teams in, all the little slices get smaller. So, ha, ha, St. Peter's. Like, who the hell is St. Peter's scaring? Yeah. yeah no. That, that, what are they going to do with their extra tournament. money? Like, nothing. Okay. You stole a seat in the hall, took your
2: coat, took their coach. St. Peter's trying to fix the holes in the roof of their gym. If you can't beat St. Peter's, it's on you. Okay. (laughs) Sorry, Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. You want us to cry about Texas AM not getting in. Meanwhile, Kentucky can't beat St. Peter's. Right. Right. If you uh, didn't
1: anyway, they should be able to sort out the money because there's one thing about the pie. They're fighting over who holds the knife to carve the pieces up. But the pie is about to become four times bigger. It's like, yeah. It's like one of those weird, like, you ever see those towns? Like, we made the largest pancake in the history of pancakes. <laughs> right? It's like everybody in town gets to come down and get, like, who the hell cares? Who got, oh, my neighbor
2: Jerry here, he got two slices, man. What's the- <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> the size of this damn pancake. We have to squash everyone <coughs> at every single turn. Come on, man! Jeez. Come on. Interesting thing about the
1: combination, or the, the competing with the NFL. Okay, and there's just all this tumult. Should we? Should they compete with the NFL? And I, I grant you, this is daring, right? Because it's this is the this is the the grizzly bear of, <laughs> of entertainment that you're going up against, the immovable object. And so, will we play Friday? Can we play Saturday? This is my thing about the December games. And I think if you took them on for that one weekend and then tried your best on the other things, but I would go head to head on that Saturday. I would play the quarterfinals a Friday. The NFL starts showing games at 430. You might have two of your four games go head to head. But y- yes, it will impact your ratings, but you will also impact the NFL's. The NFL's yep. are very, very strong and they're strong on those Saturdays because they're the only game going but I'm going to point this out on this Thursday night NFL deal. And this is a separate topic of why leagues should be very careful about streaming. NFL, Amazon Prime, Thursday night football, got Street calling and all that. First game, Amazon claims 15.3 million people watched. Nielsen says 13 million, whatever. Okay. A lot of people. Last week, uh, granted, you didn't have Patrick Holmes playing in that one. You had the Cardinals Saints. 8.9 or 7.8. It has dropped mm-hmm. almost 40% already. Yep. And so two points on this. If you counter, a lot of those late December games aren't that good. And if the game's not interesting and you've got a really good game going on the other channel, you will impact the NFL. And they don't like that. You can fight back. And B, B, any league that sits there and says, hey, man, we're just going to go on Peacock all the time. Or we're going to do this. Eh, careful.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we've had a show or I haven't been on the show. We have. We talked about last week's in-person CFP meeting, but there's some news that kind of came out that we reported back on f- last Friday about the dates that they're kind of zeroing in on. And it's certainly an interesting debate. I, I think what they've kind of settled on is, as you mentioned, Dan, like the first round of games will be competing against the NFL. Like the third weekend of December, they know now they're going to be competing against the NFL. There's a chance that there's a game on Friday night or maybe two on Friday and two or three on that Saturday. Now, here's the tricky part. A couple of commissioners, because they laid out the NFL schedule on the screen last week when they were in there, and a couple of commissioners say the NFL will play a third game on Saturday starting in at least 2024 that's their expectation that they will play all, they will play three games on Saturday. I, I bet they they'll try. Yeah. Yeah. So, is- so they're going to go against, they're definitely going to go against the NFL. That's the, that's the first weekend. And that's really the main weekend where they'll go against the NFL because the quarters are on a new year's day and you know, they'll get those alone. The qu- three, they'll have probably three quarterfinals on new year's day. And then the other game, the other quarterfinal will be either on new year's Eve or the day after new year's day. They're talking about and in the semis. Is where they could potentially go up against the wild NFL wild card weekend, but they're talking about crushed on that. They're they're talking about avoiding that and going Thursday semifinal, Friday semifinal.
1: Yeah, they will get crushed against the wild card, but that December dates. Yeah, the regular season there is a little bit of wobble there, and I'll say this: the NFL has moved into that Saturday far more than they used to, Mm -hmm. and that this is the failure of the leadership of college football to not claim all those dates as playoff dates 10 years ago. All of your spending time screwing around and not being able to do this allowed the the NFL is going to gobble up whatever the hell it wants.
2: Mm -hmm. And there you go. Well, instead, Dan, we we had the New Mexico Bowl and the New Orleans Bowl and the Las Vegas Bowl. So there was your premium programming on those Saturdays. The
1: bowl experience was just yeah.
2: incredible for the gentlemen. Speaking uh, of the bowl the, uh, experience,
1: too. enchilada down in uh, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs>
2: was just
1: you don't Did understand, these? Dan. The have you had the, a Hatch green chili enchilada? <laughs> Come on. Would you like red, green, or Christmas on that? <laughs> uh, okay. You guys the, uh, are dumbasses, and the NFL sitting there cackling, going, "Why the hell ain't they playing some playoff games on Saturday?" Let's take it.
0: History and tradition, Dan. History and tradition.
1: <laughs> Mexico Bowl.
0: Uh, uh, I will say about the bowl experience that's that's going out of the window with playoffs, with the expanded playoffs. Yeah, it's been very clear, yeah. clearly made to me. Teams are arriving a day before, maybe two days before these playoff, these expanded playoff games, and then they're getting the heck out of there. There's, there's, it, it's, it won't be a traditional bowl experience. It'll be held at the bowl. It'll be held at the site. They'll be putting it on. They'll be fun and games and all this stuff for other people, like fans, but they're not mm-hmm. the team. They're not coming in five days early.
2: It's going to have to be at least two days early, though. I probably, mean, like, Because yeah. they're going to they're yeah. going to want the publicity, and so right. they're going to have to it'll give the media one day yeah. of interviews. Yeah. 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 Well, you know what's going to happen? So bowl
1: week goes from uh, seven, eight days to two, and I am sure that the bowl directors will cut their – seven figure salaries proportionally yeah <laughs>
3: yeah yes for sure
0: it's a certainty that will
1: absolutely happen uh-huh. i can't yes. wait till one of them explains how they deserve 1.2 million dollars to stage a two-day event <laughs> i mean right now they act like it's hard to get everyone to the to the you know the steak eating contest or we got to coordinate with you know miss wheatfield somewhere to come and you know, make an appearance <laughs> Miss and all that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Miss Wheatfield. Uh, Pac 12 Commissioner George.
2: Don't denigrate Miss Wheatfield. <laughs> Come I'm on. Sure she's uh, she's uh, a poor sh- Wheatfield. Lovely young lady. Young, lovely young lady. I've been to the like, the, the gallery f- furniture bowl in Mobile where they've got all these, you know, like princesses they take out in the old South dresses around the the antebellum dresses. Yes, yes, yes. Lovely young
1: ladies. Lovely. (laughs) No. Uh,
2: (laughs) It it costs (laughs) a lot
1: of money to figure out how to get like six women in Alabama to (laughs) agree to be a beauty queen. Yes, it's very hard. (laughs) Very hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh. George Kleivkoff, the uh, commissioner of the Pac-12 spoke this week at Pac-12 Media Day and uh, he threw down these <laughs> these lines. Uh, you can tell me percent of true, okay? <laughs> we'll play this game. Percent true. I have yet to talk to anyone in the UCLA and USC community who's in favor of the move, leaving for the Big, Big Ten. I will say that it probably hear from folks who are not in favor, not surprisingly. We believe that between travel and coaches' salaries and some of the other expenses that you incur when you join the Big Ten that the small delta in the Big Ten media rights deal will be more than offset, and we stand by those numbers. So the fans of USC and UCLA are not in favor. Nobody actually is in (laughs) favor. And despite this massive media deal, the Big Ten said it's going to cost so much that UCLA and USC will lose money,
2: is what he's saying, more than offset. Okay, percent true to the first part of it, yeah, seventy-five percent true. Okay, you know, although, I yeah, we'll see. Extreme. Have to no shoot.
1: one, no. I mean, obviously no, some. No, yeah,
2: but no. Shoot fans full of truth serum and see what they say. I'd say seventy-five percent probably don't love the move. As for the second part, no, five percent truth. <laughs> come on, come on. You're not going to spend so much more money that basically doubling your media rights from. 30 million to 60 million or whatever these numbers end up being is going to all evaporate because of tr- chartering. Uh no, and paying your coaches more. Not seeing that one, George. I'd
0: agree. I I think I think I w- I would say yeah, I would say 75 to 80% of UCLA fans if they're being truthful probably don't like this move. I just the travel alone, the historic type of rivalries and matchups, and then the difficulty of getting the playoff now. You just made it way more difficult to get into the playoff imagine a pack 12 usc's chances with their budget and resources and history and getting out of the pack 12 to an expanded playoff how much mo- more of a chance that would be for them than going to the big 10 i i would i would put the the second part of that at i think five percent's a little low but i do think paying coaches salaries and the in the amount of travel is obviously going to you know going to take a a hit on your, uh, your extra revenue that you've received. Also, that might be coming for us. UCLA is paying Cal. Uh, mm-hmm. the UC board no. regents might say, "Hey, lop off a five or ten million dollar check to Cal." If you add that to the travel and the the coaching salaries that are going to go up within five to seven years, you're still going to be making more. But is it that much more? That's kind of a that's a good question. So. UCLA is
1: projected to make 65 to 75 million in media rights revenue at the start of the of its Big 10 thing. This is per the LA Times. The this is the this is the how much can you get in the Pac12, right? Some projections. Uh, this is, you know, per the LA Times have estimated, so we have a projected estimate. That's good.
0: those media rights projections uh it's just. So, it's like, really tough. Yeah. I,
1: this is me taking the garbage out. Yeah. I, est- my, yeah. I project that I estimate <laughs> I will. I don't do it. believe
0: you it. Project, I don't yeah. believe in <laughs> any, anything.
2: <laughs> you project <laughs> yeah. that you estimate that you foresee that. I it's project that I estimate I will rake leaves. And we're gonna. This by the way, we're gonna yeah. see the
0: how wrong the projections were when the Big Twelve New Deal comes out because projections were like, oh, they're, they're gonna drop by. 15 million a school or something. And I don't think that's what's going to happen. So, Well, that's the interesting
1: part. Yeah. So Pac-12 yeah. is saying they could get 35 to 40 per school. So that is a considerable yeah. number, though. That is $30 mm-hmm. million dollars less. But what could they get if they still had UCLA and USC?
0: Right. So that number there is that element. 50. Yeah. yeah.
1: couple yeah. things about it. I mean, look, you're going to play. If you're a USC, UCLA fan, like there's going to be a lot of games at 9 a.m. Yep. Yep. So I, maybe you like that, maybe you don't. But it, I, most For fans, fans I know.
0: Yeah, you can't like that.
1: If their team is on the road, they want it to be a night game.
0: Yeah.
2: Right.
1: That's yeah. that's always got the, and I, I get it, right? Like Saturday night, I don't always want to go to the night game because if I'm attending the game, because it's a long, you know, you're getting out of there. You, you, people yeah. come, obviously, from cross-state, hours of driving, right? This isn't a pro team where they're often right there. But it's like yeah, Saturday. Like I, everybody like Michigan. Michigan State's playing Saturday night. Everyone's excited because it's like you can have parties, you can go to bar, whatever you're doing, except the people who have to go to the game, right. and they were they like it. But it's it, it's a different deal. So there is that. You're not getting that. And yeah, it's 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 interesting because you know did they jump when they didn't have to? This media deal will be a huge deal. But anyway, Klavkoff is not backing down. I mean that's a pretty bold statement. So we'll see how true he is.
2: We will see been a lot of, a lot of bluster about what the numbers may look like between the big 12 and the Pac 12. It'll be really interesting when they got to finally put the cards down and say, this is what we got.
0: Yeah. It's a war of, uh, it's a war of words. And, um, I think at least from a media distribution standpoint, I think the big 12 is going to win the actual war when it comes to who gets their deal done first in the, uh, the distribution number, but is it gonna be that big of a difference? Eh, maybe not.
1: Yeah. If if that thing ends up I mean 30 million is 30 a lot. But again, if USC and UCLA are still there, maybe that was down to 20 or 50 it's still a lot of money, but you are incurring more costs. There's no question. You are flying a long way for all these teams. I always thought the more I thought the kind of creative solution at one point they talked about merging the Big Ten and Pac 12 and then they were just going to do let's just play one non-conference game a year together or even two and do a scheduling deal. Yeah. It kind of limits you. Um, and I think there was a little blow, but like if, if, cause like the idea is like, well, we're USC, well, we want to do this. We won't play Ohio state. It's like, okay, but what about all the other games? You know, right. You just set something up for football where you're playing, you could, you could cycle everyone through over a, whatever, maybe a six year period you play two games or something. So, uh, big move, though. We will see. We will see. Okay, the ongoing saga of the battle between Kirk Ferentz, Iowa football coach, and Doug Moraes. <laughs> Cleveland.com <laughs> columnist.
2: Yes, yes. The battle we didn't know we
1: needed, but boy. how we go. I'm clearly on the side of the sports writer. <laughs> Are we all? I mean, come on. In fact, <laughs> Sports fa- writer so podcast. I think first, it's 3-0. Doug came out, power of the pen. He ripped for employing his son who was doing a horrible job as the offensive coordinator. Someone sent me this stat. There was a point in the game Saturday where they tried to run a fake punt. I believe it's true
2: or else yeah. one of the games. Yeah, I watched it. I okay, watched they, the and one. they ran
1: four yards and got tackled. And it was Didn't one of make, their best plays. It was one it was of <laughs> best Yes, at that point, at that point, the four yards gained on the fake punt represented half of the total offense of <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So uh, nepotism. Doug brought up like you have no problem benching a player, switching players. Why not a failing coordinator? All this stuff. The line of question. I actually listened to the press. It was not very aggressive. It was you know pointed. But there's a guy making a gazillion dollars a year and 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 employing his son. I mean, it was the great. It was an NFL one, but uh, they had the Detroit Lions had Rod Marinelli had his son in law coaching the defense for the Detroit lions and they're getting smoked of course. And, um, Rob Parker, who's now at Fox and, you know, he's been ESPN all that. He asked mm-hmm. Rod Marinelli, do you wish your daughter married a better defensive coordinator? <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a bit more of an aggressive uh, line. of approach. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it was uh it was something, it was something. but that's what the fans are talking about, right? Yeah. They're all screaming about it. So anyway, yeah. he writes that. Ferentz comes back on Tuesday says you know, at least he's not living the, the the apparently miserable life Doug is down there in Columbus and writing for the com. But then he came back, and it was kind of out of sorts for, for Kirk, right? It's like, yep. really weird. And he came back, and he said he apologized. So he initiated an apology. Uh, he said, I want to take in a moment to apologize for my comments during the news conferences. I should have not been dismissive. Uh, his questions were fair. I have high respect for the work you do. He's talking to the media in general. I appreciate how you cover our team. You ask tough, pointed questions, but do so with a high degree of professionalism. I tell our players, take the high road. And yesterday, I did not do the same. So good on Kirk Ferentz.
2: Well, there's more. There's more, Dan. Oh, there is
1: more.
0: Oh, what happened? Yeah, he ends up up criticizing his tone.
2: Yeah, after, so he issued the apology via email, but then he went on his radio show and again apologized, but then basically wheeled off of the apology to say that he had no appreciation for the tone of the questioning, and he does have great uh, respect for the Iowa press score, which doesn't ask questions that way. And <laughs> da, 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 da. So, like, yeah, again. All right, I, 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 now I take back
1: my compliment <laughs> to the apology, to uh, the column, to the rip job, to uh,
2: Iowa sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bottom line. The two bottom lines here are Iowa sucks <laughs> and Kirk isn't handling it very well.
1: I mean, I—it's tough because your son is getting ripped, right? Yeah, I get that
2: part as a parent, yeah. but you pay his job. You're paying him you a lot. You hired him. You yeah. hired him again. Don't hire your family. Don't work with your family. We've said this on the, this podcast twenty times.
1: I'm quick to tell my kids they suck, so I <laughs> maybe I wouldn't have that. Yeah, all right. Yeah, forget it, man. Like this is a guy. They, they, I don't know. Like fans, college fans usually rally around the coach on this stuff. Like they, the media sucks. They shouldn't even be mm-hmm, asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then there is a tipping point. And they're like, kill him. Why aren't you ripping this guy? Why you? Right? Because they, <laughs> yeah. Pro sports fans are much more like this is this like Bill Belichick is getting roasted in New England mm. for how he ha- he's handling their quarterback situation with uh, Bailey Zappi and, and Matt Jones. Right? <laughs> Everyone's all over him. The guy's won six Super Bowls brought these people more joy than they ever could have dreamed and it's like <laughs> hey you're doing a terrible job and you get ripped in the nfl college much
2: calmer much yeah. calmer so uh, yeah that no that like the fans in college especially if you are a successful longtime coach like kirk france they will rally to your defense to no end until you stop winning then things well fail. they are not winning
3: To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. All right, I want to talk about two games that we're not going to pick at
1: Race for the Case, but I find to be just real interesting games. We talked earlier this week about the need for, go back to our last episode if you want to hear us talking about the Big Ten games. Ohio State right. at Penn State, Michigan yep. State at Michigan. We did that, you know, go back, listen again. They're free, it's easy to find. <laughs> Someone will be like, "What the hell, man?" It's a lot hey, of. Hey, we did
2: have what we had. One listener, Jeff Seidel from uh, Detroit Free Press, say we, we need to do more podcasts.
1: More, po- I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. You know. I agree. I just sit around and talk to you. Imagine how absolutely stupid it would get if we had more time to fill. Oh God!
2: <laughs> if we did this like five we, days a week, yeah. We ju-
1: I already played a Texas a Walker Texas Ranger <laughs> theme song number three.
0: I wouldn't be able okay, to, so, to handle all the anal bead stories from Dan.
1: Yeah, well, okay. Oh yeah. There's no update on that right now. Yeah, that's uh, at least not. But thankfully. I do have a good people's court coming. I have a people's court. Yeah, more, more. What do you think of this Miami Akron game? I, Akron's only got one win, but I feel like they're, they're they're building something. All right, Illinois and Nebraska are playing. Illinois is six and one. They visit Nebraska, which is three and one, but has shown a pulse under Mickey Joseph. And this is a really interesting game to me. Because Nebraska is a hard place to play, and Nebraska never should have been so bad early in the season. Like, how good can they be? This is a tough game, I think, for Illinois, or a tricky little game could be. And so, on both fronts, Mickey Joseph could conceivably win the job if he keeps doing a, a good job. And B, how important is this game for this out of nowhere rebuild? Of Illinois. Let's start with the Mickey Joseph part and then we'll get to Illinois. Ross, I know you spent some time with him and the Nebraska program. What do you what do you think is happening in Lincoln right now?
0: Yeah, I was there last weekend and in, into early this week. They had a bye week last weekend, so was able to to get there and, and spend some time with Mickey and spend some time inside the facility. Before arriving, I just kind of thought there's no way that Mickey Joseph has a chance to get the permanent job. I just didn't think that it's a big job. He's never been a coordinator. Shoot, just six years ago, he was in the SWAC. I mean, he just, he's, you know, it just, I, I never thought that he would have a chance. And then I spent a couple of days there and heard from the people around the town, around the, the community, the former players. And wow, you know, he's got a lot of support and he's got, I think, a real shot at winning the job. And publicly, Trev Alberts has actually kind of said that. He's he's lauded him around, it seems like, every turn. But Mickey knows it's all about winning, uh, and he's got to win games. So he's 2-2 two and two in the interim. He's got five games left. I think it's uh, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan is on there.
1: He's got Illinois this week, which is a ranked opponent in Wisconsin. his building. And again— yeah. Tough, tough game, but what if you do it? Minnesota, in the great $5 bit of broken chair trophy game. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. I'll get to that
3: next week. Yeah.
1: At Michigan, hello. Opportunity, Wisconsin, and then at Iowa. So a tough road, but like, yeah. the co- what if it's competent? What if, like, this is a, coming in in the middle? Yeah. Like, he came in in the middle and had to walk into the Oklahoma game.
0: Right. Yeah, that was right. Like and that's tough, the only right? game they're- they haven't looked, you know, they haven't looked competitive in. Yeah. Uh, all the, the two other ones.
1: And, two and one have. sense. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I, I don't know what the solution is. I had a former, I had Eric Crouch, former, former quarterback at Nebraska Tell tell me if Mickey gets him to a, a bowl game, you know, he's got to be seriously considered. That would be going three and two the rest of the way. If they go four and one, they're liable to, <laughs> to win the Big Ten West and in advance to Indianapolis, and uh, and if, I mean if they win this week, they're going to be tied for the lead in the Big Ten West. So yep. uh, I think he's got yeah he's got a he's got a real shot. He's he's an energy guy. He's kind of got the Ed Orgeron interim coach plan, which is a good one. Ed went 11 and four combined at USC and LSU as an interim coach. He brings the interim. He's changing things here and there, tweaking some things. Uh, he's got the recruiting going. I mean, the whole day Sunday was spent recruiting. It was kind of fascinating to watch and, and to sit in on some of the staff meetings and the recruiting stuff. So he is recruiting like he's going to get the full time job. And I know I remember at, El, at Ed Orgeron at LSU, and that's that's how he took it. He took it like he was going. He was the head coach. He was going to get the full time job. And um, you got to kind of think that way. And Mickey certainly is. Interesting.
1: All right, Pat, you are at Illinois. I was. What what is what is our
2: man Brett B doing? It's, this this is our SI game of the week, I guess, because Ross and Lincoln, I uh-huh. was in Champagne. Brett B, I mean, he's awesome. You know, you it's hard not to like Brett B, especially from the standpoint of being a, a schlub sports writer. You know, you going to his office, which is a super nice, you know, recruiting palace with a freestanding fireplace in the middle and all this stuff. But he's padding around in his flip-flops no his socks, baggy right? shorts. No uh, yeah, flip-flops. Does not like socks. Yeah, flip-flops, no sure, short, uh, <laughs> baggy shorts, baggy sweatshirt, you know, and I'm
1: guessing Brett B hasn't gotten a pedicure in uh, uh <laughs> 30 years. I mean, probably those dogs not. are out barking. <laughs> I'm probably not the best looking best looking
2: things, but yeah, he does not like socks. He reminds me of Bob Huggins, where he's just kind of mm. comfortable in his own skin and pretty fun, you know. And probably doesn't get enough credit for being a good coach, but they've got a good team. the The story I'm worked on that's uh, up at Sports Illustrated here on Thursday is on the twin brothers Chase and Sidney Brown. Mm-hmm. Chase Brown, leading rusher in America, and an old school B-lama throwback. Give me the ball thirty five times a game, guy. Not you know fifteen carries, and you're taking yourself out every. Couple of plays, Uh, this guy wants the rock and does great work with it. And his twin brother, Sydney, uh, is the starting safety and captain of the defense, which is the number one defense in the country right now in terms of points allowed, yards allowed. Uh, Very compelling story on these guys. They're from Canada. The family was in some serious hardship financially. They were going in between a homeless shelter and their grandmother's house. And they finally, they got the kids a a spot in Florida with a host family to go to high school down there, junior year, senior year. Mom and her stepfather drive them 1,300 miles from Canada to Florida, leave them with people they just met two days ago. Mom is just distraught, can't believe she's going to do this, cries the whole way driving home to Canada, and it turns out to be the best thing she could have done for the kids. They, they flourish, they... Do better academically, they play football on a scale where they're getting noticed and they get scholarships, uh, and go on to have great careers. So, it's a really very cool story on the uh, the Brown twins, and part of a very cool story at Illinois and what they've done there. This is a this is just a really interesting result. Um, yeah. obviously, Illinois is trying
1: to put a magical season together, and uh, I just think this at Nebraska is a till they visit Michigan. I mean, they could set up a like. Just a mega,
2: mega matchup on that. Yes, indeed. So it's if they're it's, nine and one going to Ann Arbor on November nineteenth. Then you can be guaranteed Michigan cannot look ahead to Ohio State on November twenty sixth. No, they have at
1: Nebraska, per, the at Michigan State uh, visits, and then they get Purdue at home. Literally the biggest home game, and I don't know when. Yep. Like that'll be crazy and then they would go at michigan so there's a lot of work to do but this is not an easy little uh, i'm impressed with what mickey uh, has done up there in uh, in lincoln all right the other one that just on a side to me and we keep talking about this program but how much does jimbo fisher need a victory on saturday they host old miss uh old miss is coming off a loss I don't know how good Ole Miss really is or isn't. They have a good win over Kentucky. They've done good stuff. But this is like, if this is normal times, you'd be like, "Ah, that's a tough game. I'm guessing they will not get 100,000 in Kyle Field. Fans are upset. We will see what the turnout is. But that is a massive stadium to try to fill on a Saturday night when you're three and four. And most people have to drive a long way to get there. If this doesn't go well, I can see the booing. I can see it all start really unraveling uh, programs on the brink a little bit. Suspensions, all that. I'll start with you, Ross. How big is this game for AM?
0: Yeah, it, this feels like uh, one they've uh, they've got to have. Certainly, if they're going to make a bowl game, which is crazy that we're talking about can't, you know, the the, the possibility of of a missing a bowl like, game. Does that it.
1: even matter? Like if they make yeah, a I mean, crappy bowl
0: game? Probably. I guess not. I mean, but I mean, I guess perception-wise. On last year you've one last ba- They bailed like the last couple of yeah, years. They did. they yeah, they did. They did. They canceled the old COVID cancellation. I mean, you, you know, you get, they, they say what? You get the extra couple of weeks of practice, you know, for per- perception's sake of trying to win a, have a winning season. But just this one just stopped the bleeding. This week, I mean, they've lost three in a row and, uh, you know, at Mississippi State, Alabama and at South Carolina, which, wow, just realizing they played three, three straight SEC road games. Um, Brutal. The league of uh, Birmingham did, didn't give them a whole lot of help there. And let's just be honest, they probably should have lost the Arkansas game that was in Arlington They oh, yeah. hadn't played at home since September yeah. 17th. That is wild. So this one got to stop the bleeding And Ole Miss is a team that was exposed a little bit last week against LSU. No doubt about it. And, um, you know, A&M should be able to move the ball a little bit against Ole Miss. Then again, A&M has struggled to move the ball all year. So, but this does feel like a whopper of a game for the Aggies.
2: Oh, it's, it's, it's important. I, you know, I don't know. I, I expect they haven't played a home game, as you said, since September 17th. If it starts badly, it'll get toxic there. Uh, if it starts well, they, you know the, the core of cadets will get everybody whipped up, and they'll they'll get behind them. I'm sure that's kind of the nature of how these things work. But yeah, I bowl game schmoll game. I don't think it matters whether they go to a bowl game because they're not going to go to a good one. But the the fact that you just got to keep the program from completely splintering and blowing up at this point, you know, that you yeah. got to keep the the fans from completely turning on you and keep the players from turning on you as well. So. It's important, and yes, theory, maybe maybe Texas A and M can break the magical twenty four point threshold, which uh, it has been since October twenty third, twenty twenty one. It's the last time they broke twenty four against an FBS opponent? So a <laughs> year, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, a year more than a year at this point. So isn't
0: there, isn't there, Pat, some uh, streak of? Uh, of quarter, A&M quarterbacks not throwing or, you know, throwing for less than 300 yards. I think there's some absurd streak. I don't know what that goes back to, but there's a streak there as well that A&M has set its own school record or a record for X amount of years for a team to not have a quarterback to have thrown for at least 300 yards for so many games in a row. And again, a reminder, right, Jimbo Fisher is uh, the all- offensive uh Savant that they're paying all that money for. And uh to see their offense struggling like they are, yeah, it doesn't uh doesn't bode well for for things down there, though they kind of yeah, as we have discussed, stuck with them.
2: Kellen Kellen Mond, October tenth, twenty twenty. The last time that's in the three hundred wow.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable. Yikes. Two years.
2: twenty twenty.
0: Uh, two mm-hmm. year, two full year over two years.
2: Two plus, Two wow. years
0: and two years and
1: five weeks. So could, Maybe yeah. he should start using NIL to get players because we know they don't.
2: <laughs> we know they don't. <laughs> Ooh, what an
1: idea.
0: What an I, idea.
1: I, I think it gets uh, ugly hey. down there. You don't want that army could they have swords. <laughs> <laughs> that fake army comes after you.
2: Yeah. They probably right. have access to high, higher firepower than that, too.
1: All right. Very important. People's court before okay. we um before we the pick games. the games, before we get our picks. <laughs>
2: All rise, the Honorable Judge Wenzel,
3: Judge Forty, and Judge Dellinger presiding. This
2: is the People's Court.
1: Interesting story. A little sad. I don't know. Uh, An Iranian hermit. An Iranian hermit. Not (laughs) like a real hermit crab, like a person who just... Yeah. Uh, Where do you find these things? The world, the globe, all corners. We literally... (laughs) Turn over every <laughs> rock for the most important uh, questions, legal questions. That's okay. how it is, Ross. That's how it is. An Iranian hermit. Oh, my God. I just saw the picture. In America, we would call him homeless, I guess. But the, that kind of guy. Known yeah. as, quote, the world's dirtiest man. End oh, quote, no. which no. Like, just a phenomenal The picture phenomenal is title.
0: bad. Don't Google yeah, Iranian dirty. hermit, whatever you do. Oh,
2: no. I did. I <laughs> did. Okay, he died. Did. And, uh. He
1: died. At the ripe old age of ninety-four, okay, <laughs> Amu Haji, Uncle Haji, as he was referred to, who didn't know Uncle Haji, uh, he died in the Sunday in a village in the country's southern province. This is CNN telling me this. Uh, the issue: he died just months after taking his first wash in decades. <laughs> oh, okay, my God. According to the region's district head, I just love that they this like hermit was so. Well known that the district head, which I guess would be like a governor, like a state governor, you Imagine know that homeless a go-
3: guy under the bridge in Houston.
1: Governor. Oh yeah, that guy, <laughs> Uncle Haji. Sure, right. <laughs> <What>? Okay. <laughs> Uncle Haji uh, had for decades avoided fresh food, and believed that if he cleans himself, he will get sick. Well, okay. The guy lived in 94. Yet yep. the people here, Haji was known for his staunch stance against bathing. A few years ago, when a group of villagers took him to a nearby river in an attempt to bathe him, he threw himself out of a moving car and ran away.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Man, Who that's commitment. Villagers? That's commitment to dirt right there.
1: He's like, hell no. <laughs> I am gonna <laughs> it's like a stunt man. <laughs> A few months ago, Villager successfully gave Haji a, a wash and then he died.
0: <laughs> a wash, like he's an elephant. They gave him
2: a wash.
1: <laughs> yeah. Why do you, the man is 94. <clears throat> if he's not eating fresh food, and what maybe he's in on something. Is my? I, I'm not going to give no. my verdict away, but I think, you know, a little side point that probably surprises uh, everyone here. Haji was unmarried. Yeah, he was unmarried. <laughs> yeah. Man had not had a bath in three decades. So, my question,
2: did the villagers in Iran kill Uncle Hodgkin at (laughs) 40? Clearly. I mean, you don't have to be law and order SVU to figure that out. Dude goes 30 years without bathing. He's fine. He's 94. All of a sudden, you make him take a bath and he's dead. I mean, it's very clear (laughs) cut and dried here. Cause effect. Charge them all with first-degree murder.
1: <laughs> God, Justice Dellinger. I mean, he is ninety-four. First of he all, can die of all sorts of crap at ninety-four. First but, of all, know, he was fine. Um,
0: I'd like to know when they washed him. If if pictures were these pictures were taken that I'm seeing online before or after the wash? Because if it was these pictures were taken after the wash, somebody <laughs> needs some washing lessons. Okay, this guy looks like a piece of charcoal. <laughs> That's been, that's been like wrinkled and, you know, thrown in the dump. It's, it's just bad. So hopefully uh, these pictures were before the wash. I, I'm, no, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm disagreeing with, uh, with Mr. 40 over there. I, I think uh, a good scrub down is what this guy needed, believe me. So uh, mm. I'm thinking that something else killed him, you know, maybe the uh, not eating fresh food for 30 years, probably <laughs> as the start.
1: How about just being 94 and sleeping on a rock? Have you seen these pictures?
2: Yeah. Yeah. He was fine doing that. And then all of a sudden they had to mess with him, had to try to fix him. Don't fix him. Let him go. Killed him. Killed
1: him. I just don't get why they were bothering him. The pictures I see, he's either hanging out on the side of like a mountain or this weird cement, empty cement, like half finished, like little cement hut.
0: Yeah. Also, he, he, he seems also to be drinking smokes. water out of a, a rock of some sort.
1: Yes, <laughs> he he drank out of a rock. He also, ha, see, he has a bunch of heaters. He smokes.
2: Yeah, yeah like multiple cigarettes yeah. at a time. At a he time. looks yeah, yeah. like a cigarette. And he's got he, a big pipe. He just looks pipe. like a cigarette.
1: The dude, he had not bathed for 67 years. Times 67. Now News says he looks like the biblical Moses who fell down a chimney. <laughs> <laughs> According to <laughs> Times Now News, Governor uh, uh, asked mistaken him for a sculpture. Man, so. oh man. <laughs> mm, mm, mm.
2: They killed him. They he lived in a hole so in you. the
1: ground. He lived in a hole in the ground resembling a grave to keep him grounded and in touch with the reality of life in an open brick shack built by people who felt bad for him. Oh my
0: God. He gets I, I his hair trimmed downwind. <laughs>
1: He drinks five liters of water every day from a large rust tin can. Ah, that's what it he is. He does check himself out in the mirrors of cars that stop to try to talk to him. <laughs> Leave the dude alone. Uh, this is all in the Tehran Times. That, that must be quite a place. <laughs> um, he uh, gets his hair trimmed by burning them over a fire. Sure. Works. Haji is not the only man who hasn't bathed for year. Guru Kalish Singh from Varanasi, is this Iran too? I don't know. Refused to bathe soon after his marriage in 1974. Oh, boy. Yeah, the decision came after Priest said he would have a son if he stopped bra- bathing. The prediction failed as Singh was blessed with Shocking. seven daughters. Oh. Shocking.
0: That's amazing. It didn't How work. About the poor oh. wife? It didn't poor work. The wife
1: had to. That's
2: yeah, the wife. The I'm wife not gonna got to explain babies. how that process works, but yeah. yeah. Wife got a bait and switch there. After the well, second. And she had and to after keep the trying the daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He can't
1: just be like, you sleep outside. Uh, you know, out me and the kids will be in. He had to keep trying with the guy. I mean, all right. This is. I ran, man. Stuff's happening. Stuff's happening. I say guilty. Don't mess with the guy. He doesn't you know, <laughs> bother nobody. Guilty. Bother guilty. Bothering no Throw me. the book all at right. him. Let's pick some games. Let's pick some games. Number two, Ohio State at number 13, Penn State. High noon, big noon game. Should be at night, but Fox has killed the great night environments of the Big Ten, both the whiteout in uh, uh, in uh, State College and uh, Iowa should have hosted Michigan at night, but they had to do it at noon because Fox money. You guys took your blood money and now you got to play at noon. Anyway, that's the game. Uh, Pat, you're 24, 26 and two overall. You're no longer in the lead. I have 25, mm. 26 and one. Mm, Ross, 23 one. yeah, and uh, we just won't talk about Sean. <laughs> I
2: have if nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. <laughs> that's not a really dude, our really our podcast picker. credo. Yeah,
1: uh, there's nothing yeah.
2: nice to say, say it repeatedly. Actually, that's true.
1: Anyway. <laughs> I respect the media and all the work they do, Pat, like Kirk Ferentz. <laughs> but I don't like the tone of going 19, 28, and 1. All right, I said it. Pat, who who you got, uh, Buckeyes, Lions? What's the number again? Oh, 15 and a half. Ohio State is giving 15
2: and a half. Oh, that's it? Oh. Oh. Okay, I'm going to roll with Ohio State then. Uh, I, I thought I had seen like 22 and a half earlier this week, which would be that's, a much That's more... the Michigan, Michigan State one. Got gotcha. you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, now, 15 and a half is not enough, I don't think. Now, I di- I will say Penn State matches up better with Ohio State than they did with Michigan. This is not going to just be a, a trench battle that they can't win. They have one of the nation's best secondaries. They're a top 10 pass efficiency defense. So it's not going to be recess football as Iowa defensive back Riley Moss put it if you, you know, if you, where Ohio State receivers are just running free all over the place. I think that they will be able to cover them relatively well and make CJ Stroud throw into tighter windows than anybody else has so far this year. And I think they're the best offense that uh, Ohio State's facing. But 15 and a half, no, I mean, nobody's shutting down the Ohio State offense. And there is enough concern to me about just the overall talent level for Penn State they just don't quite seem to have enough to go toe-to-toe with Michigan or Ohio State so I will take the Buckeyes and lay the 15.5
0: well I'm I'm sure I'm gonna regret this but uh, I'm gonna take the Nittany Lions and I'm gonna take it for historical reasons like the last six games have been fairly close within 10 points every time these teams play or within 11 points every time these teams play, you know, Ohio state won by one point a couple times last year. They won by nine. I, I'm going to say that, uh, that Penn state's defense plays just well enough to keep them within the 15.
1: Sean, re- the redemption tour begins now. Let's go.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, thanks, I believe Dan. in you, kid. I believe in you. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, if the my line for picking Penn State in this, it would have been 17 and a half, 15 and a half seems very, very reasonable for them to go up two scores in a field goal uh, that the, the hook doesn't scare me. Not much scares me, but this Penn State team, I'm a big fan of Joey Porter Jr. I think uh, Singleton can go for two touchdowns. Penn State running backs seem to play up to their competition uh, historically. So I'm, I'm I think this Penn State team can make it a little more competitive, but not more than. 16 points
1: oh man i could talk myself into either one of this but i i just a couple weeks ago watched with my very own eyes as penn state just rolled over against michigan and i know it's a different type of offense but like when you're literally going into the ohio state game going maybe we're better equipped to stop this offense nobody's equipped to stop this offense so i am going to take uh the buckeyes i also think I mean, this is a wild atmosphere, all of that, but I think Ohio State is just going to be so jacked up to actually play somebody
0: yeah. you know,
1: that like this is they have just gotten nothing.
0: First-ranked Big opener
1: against Notre Dame. First-ranked team. They played Notre Dame. They were ranked.
0: They shouldn't have been well, like ranked. Well, I mean, currently ranked, yeah.
1: Right, currently ranked. So I, I'll take Buckeyes. I'm going to take the Buckeyes on this. Number nine, Oklahoma State at number 22, Kansas State. KSU is giving... Uh, one and a half points game is at three thirty on Fox. It's basically the beauty of this thing. The big 10, big 12 game of the week is really good every week. So uh, Ross, who you got?
0: I think Oklahoma state is the best team in the big 12. I, you know, these are two teams that, uh, blew lead massive leads to TCU. The last two weeks, K state last week and the week before the, the Cowboys blew, blew the big one. I, you know, this is basically a toss-up, right? I think like one and a half uh, is the spread. Yeah. I, I'm going to say that, that K-State actually holds serve at home and in, in, uh, in beats Oklahoma State, even though I do think the Cowboys are the best team in the league. But I, I expect this one to be as the spread in, in indicates is somewhat of a toss-up. But, but give me K-State, give me the home team.
2: Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 just had a ton of really fun, interesting, and close games so far this season. This looks like another one. Oklahoma State's a little beat up physically, but I'm going to take them. I just I think I do think they're a better team than Kansas State. I think K-State can be exposed a little bit in terms of a speed uh, issue, especially a little bit defensively, kit TCU when they got it going last week just was reeling off big play after big play because I think they're just they were faster and I think Oklahoma State probably has better speed as well. So I'm going to go with the Pokes to win and cover.
3: In a in a lot of their games this year, Oklahoma State has looked like the team that has wanted it more, uh, just to win. So this late in or at this point in the season, a lot of teams start kind of bowing out. They're looking about their Christmas plans. A lot of the players are thinking about going home. All this, so I'm thinking Oklahoma State still has something to play for. Still wants to go out there and win. So I have Oklahoma State covering this. No, no
1: no Kansas State player is dreaming of that because if you've never been to the Little Apple. And if you were ever at the Little Apple of Manhattan, you would know no one ever wants to leave. Um, no, I don't know. This is a great game. I, I don't know. Like, both of these teams should have beat TCU, and both of these teams should be, this should be the matchup. Fascinating. I love Kansas State's team. But their offense stalled out big time against TCU late. Oklahoma State, I agree. I think they're the best team. Every man a mullet. I'm taking Coach Gundy and uh, and the Pokes in this one. Number 19, Kentucky at number three, Tennessee. Big, big game. Kentucky's healthy again. Uh, they were, Will Levis is back. They got, they're they all back. Tennessee is giving 12 and a half points. Place should be wild because the fan base is just over the top excited. What do we go Pat, back to you. Who you got? Uh, games at
2: seven on ESPN. Yeah, I hate it when the when Vegas comes up with lines that make like, complete sense. like mm-hmm. I'm looking like, gosh, is, is there a weakness in this line? No, I, I really don't think there is. I think it's 12 and a half is a, is a good place to put it. I, I keep waiting for Tennessee to have a little bit of a lull, a little bit of a letdown, you know, and kind of let somebody else in a game. I don't know whether this is it, but Kentucky's pass defense is pretty good. I expect them to not just, you know, have – jalen hyatt and everybody brew mccoy and whoever else just running all over the place unimpeded so i think they can slow them down enough gum up the game enough and keep this close enough to at least cover the number i do not think kentucky will win but i could see them losing by 10 instead of 12 and a half so give me the wildcats and the number
0: i agree and for the exact reasons i i think it's maybe kind of a trap letdown type of situation. Georgia, can, uh, Tennessee goes to Georgia next week. You know, two weeks ago, they they play the Alabama game, and Kentucky's defense is really good. Top 15 in the nation, top 15 in pass defense. Like Pat said, I think they've allowed four passing touchdowns this year, and a picked off correct. six times. Uh, yeah, six interceptions, four four passing touchdowns. So, yeah, give me the Wildcats to to uh, cover the 12 and a half.
3: Tennessee would love to let Kentucky cover in this game. Tennessee would love to lose this game and mess up their whole season. Would they? They would love to. But I think that Josh Heupel is saying, okay, I know we got a big matchup next week. We can't forget about Kentucky. They they are ready to play spoiler. That's what their season's about. We're the SEC. We're going to cannibalize ourselves. We got to focus on this game. I'm taking Tennessee uh, to cover in this. Oh, boy see Tennessee look our offense looks so good against
1: Alabama but Alabama Alabama kind of just a mess to f- I'm gonna take Tennessee I think the train keeps rolling but man these are some tough games this week yep this is not yeah usually I'm a little more confident I'll take I'll take the Vols I think they win by two touchdowns and it, it's it should be a good game though so I'll take the Vols not much insight there Notre Dame unranked at number sixteen, Syracuse. This is also a very interesting uh, football game. Notre Dame does have a ranked road win over North Carolina, and this uh, is a is a potential for another one. Game is at noon in in the queues. I was told I, I, I it's not Syracuse; it's Syracuse. I don't believe that. Really, people mm. come, I think they're just making crap yeah. up. they're trying to instill doubt in your mind about everything you pronounce dan somebody's people complain about everything he said if you want the words pronounced right go find another podcast what do you i mean (laughs) you know what i'm talking about seriously (laughs) there's plenty of options out there just you know if you want to hear about dirty men (laughs) in iran i'm your guy
2: okay so there's a give and take here if you want to hear Bethune-Cookman instead of Bethane-Cookman, go somewhere else. I
1: don't, right, yeah. Well. Do I say that one wrong, huh? Yeah, I say them all wrong. Anyway, <laughs> this uh, Notre Dame, uh, that's a little outfit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, the Carrier Dome is going to be rocking. It's not called the Carrier Dome anymore. And it does have air conditioning apparently now. I don't know. Again, who the hell's going to win the game, Ross? Syracuse given two and a half. Orange, uh, <laughs> the orange. Jim Beheim school. I can say that right. Giving two and a half I hate all you pronunciation people
0: <laughs> uh I can't figure out Notre Dame I, I this it, it's a it's been just such a wacky year uh they they played Ohio State tough to begin the year then they lost to marshall in Stanford I I, I can't figure <laughs> it and then they went on the road and beat North Carolina they won against BYU in a neutral Site, I, I I can't figure it out, man. They are really up and down. I'm going to say they're going to go back up in this game and beat Syracuse on the road, even though Syracuse looked pretty dang good last week. And I feel like Syracuse is a good team uh, after seeing them against Clemson. But I, I say that we get, it's like Jekyll and Hyde with Notre Dame. I say, uh, you, know, you know, we get the good Notre Dame on Saturday. Which one's the good one, Jekyll or Hyde? I don't know.
2: Jekyll's the one that didn't murder people, so I'm uh, going with Jekyll. Oh, Jekyll's okay, there you good go. One. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. that was Okay. That was, that was a literature test for Ross.
2: Yeah, I I, I would have failed, <laughs> I failed miserably on that one.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Appreciate
2: that. Uh, 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 I, look, I think this is going to boil down to one thing, turnover margin. If Notre Dame takes care of the ball, they're going to be able to win the game, certainly to cover, and at two and a half, you might as well just say they're going to win. Syracuse has had a great season, but... This is one of those where you can I I I suspect the helium could be coming out of the balloon a little bit. You finally lose the game. And that was a game where they were plus 4 turnover margin and still lost. So I I think unless they can create turnovers here, that offense is not humming at a high level for Syracuse and Notre Dame will at least be able to to manufacture enough offensively. This is like the, the total on this game I think is like 45 or something 48. ridiculous 48. So this is the 2117 special, but I'm going to say Notre Dame yeah has played better competition, is ready for the game and Syracuse is feeling it start to get away a little bit here. So give me the Irish.
3: The 2023 Notre Dame hype machine has to start somewhere <laughs> and I think it starts here versus the Syracuse in the can. They haven't had anything this season. They will they will hang their hats on beating ranked Syracuse going into next year. All the fans will claim that it was a good win, and Syracuse is better than everybody thought they were. So this is where the game starts. Uh, Notre Dame to cover in this game.
1: He's got a point there. Like it'll be like now, ne- you know, he won yeah. two two road games against ranked opponents, one in North uh-huh. Carolina. Yeah, yeah, I can you can see it coming. Yep. I think uh, this is my I, I, if I did any research, I would try to figure out whether anyone at Dino Babers State University. Uh, can tackle Michael Meyer. Because if they can, then uh, they can win. But it's Michael Meyer, and it's Halloween weekend. That's very scary. <laughs>
2: here's, here's the analysis we come to expect. I don't yes. know.
1: I can't even say the names. I have. I think that the Drew Pine show will, will struggle with the crowd noise and all of that. I'm taking the cues. I'm taking the cues. Two and a half. Interesting game, though. I hate these. I'm not confident of uh, anything right now. Including this huge number, Michigan State Spartans visiting the Big House to take on number four Michigan, seven thirty p.m. Game is on ABC. The Spartans are three and four, disastrous season. However, Tuck's coming. Mel Tucker's two and zero against Harbaugh. There could be trouble with the snap. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> Michigan's given twenty three points on an over under of fifty five, so no one's expecting State to even maybe score a touchdown or much. Back to Ross, I think,
0: on this one. Who you got? Big number, but I think I think the Wolverines cover it. And, I, and I'll tell you why. I think that, um, first of all, defensive guru Mel Tucker's unit is ranked 105th nationally in total defense, in 80th in rushing defense And Michigan. As we know, one of the better rushing teams in the country. They'll hog the ball. They'll score enough. It'll be one of those, like, 31 to – three type deals and uh, I think they cover
2: yeah it's a huge number in a rivalry game but I'm gonna lay it I I think Michigan's had this game circled for a year they hated losing that game last year and hated the way they did it Michigan State is not good the defense is not good you, you mentioned the running defense well the pass defense is bad too real bad last year Michigan threw for 400 yards on them well, I don't expect them to do that again this year because they probably won't have to because they're going to be able to run it with uh, enough balance. But still, that, they can throw uh, against the Spartans. Everyone can throw against the Spartans. We've seen that. So I think uh, I think Michigan gets on them early, stays on them, and beats them down. Give me the Wolverines and the, lay the points. So Justin
3: Find, a, a contributor for the Athletic for Michigan State, sent out a tweet yesterday Stating, Drake is set to drop a new album on Friday. <laughs> Michigan State's record in the next game played after a Drake Project release is 10-0. and 0. Ooh, Michigan State versus Michigan is on Saturday. Now, one thing that Justin didn't know is that the album has been pushed back to November 4th. Oh. So he's a little late Aha. for that uh, release date. I am going uh, with Michigan due to the news of the album being pushed back a week.
1: All right, that's we have some heard from some. That's a great stat, and we've heard yep. from Swifties about this whole Wisconsin oh, have, uh, Purdue apparently. thing. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Are, Told
0: there you the Swifties, Swifties would come out.
2: out. Yep, text text from a deep Swiftie uh, follower. <laughs> deep, deep Swiftie, <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: source. Deep a Swiftie. Deep Swiftie. <laughs> deep Swiftie was trying to defend uh, <laughs> uh, defend herself. Um, that was nice. Oh, shout I got out some to texts, too from remember. other
0: deep Swifties. They're out there. Really? Yeah,
2: okay.
1: Uh, all right, I am going to take – oh, God, I hate this game. 23? <laughs> yeah. I can't pick Michigan State, can I? They're just You're good. Fire it off. I, uh, Michigan is – I'm taking Michigan. I just can't do it. I can't be sitting there as I, I'm going to hate myself. Whatever. If Michigan State rises up and does this, then then good for them. Michigan, it, they those players – I was at the last game – they were already talking Michigan State. They want to kill Michigan State. They're so mad about last year. They thought they won the game. There was a very controversial call in the end zone, probably would have changed the game, all that. They are not happy. They they don't like Tuck coming. They don't like the whole thing. Night, big house, Michigan rolls. All right, lock of the week time. I, of course, am the stud of the lock of the week. I will now look up my lock
0: of the week. Tell
1: you how <laughs> what
2: put that. Uh, Pat, do you have a lock of the week? I'm looking it up uh, as we okay. speak. I've
0: got one. I've got one. I Wrong. can. Okay. I can go. Uh, yeah, I've been. I think my record in the lock of the weeks, by the way, is four in four. So batting five hundred. Give me Nebraska at home, plus seven and a half against Illinois. Not saying they're going to win, but they're at home. They've been running. They've been playing well with with Mickey Joseph, uh, as we talked about earlier. Casey Thompson quarterback trey palmer you know sitting in with mickey joseph and the staff this week i think they they believe you know they can exploit some of the illinois uh cornerbacks down the field and uh, i think they they believe they can score some points on them so we'll see uh but yeah i i think it's seven and a half so uh give me the points and give me the huskers to move to four and four and maybe i can move to five and four in my locks
2: certified lock all right i got one i'm gonna to go to the acc north carolina hosting pittsburgh carolina's offense really good they're laying four from the line that i am seeing and i think that pittsburgh is pittsburgh spring and leaks they lost by two touchdowns at uh, louisville last week on the road again, second straight game on the road, second straight night game against a hot team in North Carolina. So I'm going to take the heels to lay the four, and cover that against Pittsburgh. Certified lock.
3: That's a that's a great pick, Pat. Yeah.
2: We're good uh,
3: all right, I guess I'll say? go to my backup pick. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going with TCU. <laughs> that's all good. Maybe you're saving me. Maybe maybe this will will get me to, to one one win this week for a default. Uh, to talk myself out of it, uh, I'm going with TCU to cover seven and a half versus West Virginia. I think that TCU just, it, it just they just make sense this year. West Virginia makes sense to not be a good team, not to cover. West Virginia one one and two in October. TCU undefeated, obviously. So I'm going with the common sense pick, staying with the hot team TCU to cover. Certified lock. Man, I
1: considered West Virginia as my lock the other way, because I think Morgantown is the thing. And I wanted to add this addendum. I made fun of teams that have their, they link arms and sing after the alma mater. Yes, you find it weird. I'm wrong. Everyone else is right. But whatever. i stand by my opinion. The exception to the rule is country roads in Morgantown after West Virginia or any West Virginia win. Too good. But that's not the alma mater. But when they sing country roads, that's awesome. The rest of these things, where you're like singing about your loyal sons and stuff. Now, <laughs> why, why does West Virginia get an eee. exemption? Because it's awesome. Because the song's good, <laughs> sing along song, and they ain't got anything else, and they it, they do it great. It's, it, it just works. It's country Dan, roads. Uh, yeah, is West I, Virginia. I make the rules. That's
2: <laughs> the rule.
0: Dan, have I told you about my Dana Hogerson, uh, country road story? No, let's hear it. Uh, really quickly, I, I when he took the Houston job, his first year, his first spring, I went there and visited him. It was a a night out on the town. Uh, we ended up shockingly at a uh, at a bar across the street from the Houston Astros stadium, and you know uh, there were, drinks were had, and uh, oh, it bar. got around yeah. got around midnight or twelve fifteen, and all of a sudden, on the speakers of the bar, Country Road starts coming through, and he looks at me and he smiles and he says. That's my cue to leave. And that was it. He walked right out the door. It was incredible.
3: <laughs> That's uh, City
0: roads took him
1: home
3: uh, mm-hmm. to the place mm-hmm. that he uh,
1: adores or whatever it is. <laughs> um, you know, we still got to do the deep dive on whether that song is even about West Virginia or it's about Virginia, the western part of Virginia. Hmm. And I'm not prepared for the incoming no firepower no, and the shrapnel. No. So right at this moment, we'll discuss this because that is a that is a bitter feud. That is a bitter feud. All right. Here's my lock of the week. And it is we got a great game in Amherst this week.
2: Oh, my God. Your Mexico
1: State is visiting UMass. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Last few years, they have fought to be uh, the the battle to be number one (laughs) hundred and thirty has gone on between the Aggies and the Minutemen. And it's always good when they match up. It's a great non-con, it's just like, okay, we both are really down. Let's just, you got to want to play? No one else wants to, right? Um, Maybe at least one of us will win. One of
2: us is going to win. One of
1: us is going to win a game. The line is New Mexico State is uh, giving only two. UMass is a two-point home dog. When you can bet merely, basically, that UMass will lose, you got to take that bet. And New Mexico State only has two wins, but both are against FBS teams. Jerry Kill is a really good coach. They just beat New Mexico 21 to 9. They beat uh Hawaii. And other than their big payoff games against Big Ten teams, their defense is good. They're they're allowing under 20 points a game in against like reasonable opponents. So I think New Mexico's there's more to this than than anything else. I actually did a little research while Pat was talking. And uh, I think New Mexico State is, isn't is bad, and they're going to get their third win of the season and beat UMass by more than two points. So my lock of the week, my locks have been fire.
2: Certified lock. Are you going to have to go back on another Twitter space and defend yourself against angry UMass kids now? Uh, look, <laughs> prove me wrong. Win the game. You Can't beat New Mexico <laughs> State. You
1: can't call, I mean, you, they're getting two points. At least cover. I think uh, New Mexico State's a
2: little better than UMass. You only got to be two, only two points. That's small, man. That is that is plenty of discussion of the UMass. That's New probably as game.
1: close to UMass has been to a a, a, a clo- small of an underdog in years.
2: It's yeah. possible.
1: Like, that's pretty good. Over under is thirty nine in this game. Oh my so,
2: god! Oh ouch. my god! If you go to if you pay to go to this game, I, I don't even know. Oh, they're to
1: going. There are people on that Twitter going, Twitter space.
2: All right, that is our show. I believe has gone pretty long.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This, we've we've gone way too long. A, this and has been a journey.
1: It's been a journey through uh, some dirty men
0: least, and uh, yeah yeah a lot it's of happened. Uh, we
1: did, It's not <laughs> a bad show though. All right. I. <laughs> Probably could have done without the Walker-Texas Ranger in <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
0: we got to get in. Wait, we got to get in one more thing. Did y'all see that uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, in an interview earlier this week, when he was asked, uh, he told. He said that the, that Ole Miss tried to keep defensive coordinator DJ Durkin from going to Texas A&M. We got outbid, Lane said. Kind of common theme with that program, he said of the Aggies. Oh, no. no. great. Inducements. Slanger. Laney's
1: good for all of us. Wild, wild west. We need inducements. (laughs) Tuberville, line one. Stop the coaches from taking more money to go to other places. We must stop. We need guardrails. We need guardrails. All right. We'll be back Sunday to overreact to it all. Sneaky good weekend. That's my prediction. That's my lock of the week. Talk to you then.